This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. We moved from being alienated from God and all that represented God to being a part of that one new man, the very body of Christ, with full access now to the Father through the Spirit. And the purpose of our being drawn to Christ and established through the foundation of those apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone is that we are that dwelling place for God in the Spirit. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become a new creation. Old things have passed away. We no longer are to do things in our old sinful and fleshly nature. Instead, we're to walk by grace in the path God has paved for us. We become a part of the body. We become a part of the one new man in Messiah. And as a part of his body, we're called to be a part of the ministry. We're called to serve God and others. We're called to proclaim the truth in love. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1, for the conclusion of our message entitled, A Flyover of Ephesians, chapter 2. Beloved, outside of Christ, we are in a desperately fatal position. We need Christ in our lives. So as we soar above the scene of chapter 2, we're going to be removing some of the detail, and you need to bear with me on that. We're going to be observing only the highlights, some of the landmarks of this chapter. We're going to remove a whole lot of the descriptive language that he gives. We're going to be looking for the primary intent the message, the passage overall that Paul is going to give us so that we have a good idea of where the Holy Spirit is leading Paul. And this is going to help us then as we go through verse by verse with the interpretation and also the application in our own lives. What we hope to do is get this broad picture of what we're about to enter into. Fair enough? Can you hang with me on that? I know those of you that are that have been with Calvary Chapels for a long time. Man, I want an in-depth study. Man, I want I want, I want to know the the Greek background. I want to know the verb tense. I want to. We will get there. Okay, we'll get there. But right now, I need to give you this overview. Now, the chapter is is easily broken into three parts that we'll be looking at today. Part number one is verses one through ten. Part number two is verses eleven through eighteen, and part number three is verse nineteen through twenty-two. And that's the way we'll break it up. So let's begin our overview. Let's look at the first portion of the passage, verses 1 through 10. 1 through 10. We read in chapter 2 of Ephesians, And you he made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, oh, I love that phrase. I can't pass here. One of the greatest phrases you and I need to find within Scripture is that, that little short phrase, but God. Because usually it comes into that place where, oh, we're lost, it's a desperate, we're toast. And then we have, oh, but God, but God. So just bear that in mind. We're not going to go into that today. Just keep moving, keep moving. You're still moving along here, okay? 
But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man. There's no doubt that right here in these first ten verses is some of the richest passages within all of Scripture. And, and I read that, and man, I want to dig into it probably just as much as you do, but this morning, it's the overview. We're still on the gondola, okay? Nobody ju- Keep your arms and your feet inside the gondola. Nobody jumps out at this time. So let's look at the overview. Let's look at the high points here. First of all, in verse 1, we see our past condition. Paul says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Again, there's so much to say on that, but we're not going to take the time this morning. Just understand, that's what our past condition was. We were dead in our trespasses in sin. In verse 4, the second point of the first section here. Verse 4, now we see the vehicle and the reason for our transition from where we are were to where we are. The vehicle and the reason for our transition. He says in verse 4, but God. That's the vehicle. That's the vehicle that, again, takes us from where we were to where we're going. And the reason? Because of his great love. Just as simple as that. But God, because of his great love. What a great highlight. What a great understanding that is. The third part of this first section is found in verses 5 through 6. And it's the result of our transition and our current position in Christ. The result of the transition, he made us alive together in Christ. We find that in verse 5. Our current position, we find in verse 6. We are seated in the heavenlies in Christ. We move to the fourth part of this first section. In verse 7 through 10, Paul tells us of the ultimate purpose and, again, the method of that transition. The ultimate purpose, verse 7, that he might show the riches of his grace. Not the goodness that I am, but the riches of his grace. And the method of that is found throughout verses 8 through 10. It's by grace, through faith. It's the gift and the plan of God. And beloved, we so need to burn that into our mind because so much within the world continues to speak of you and and me and us and we. And beloved, it's about what God has done and continues to do. And that's what I need to continually drive home, not only in my own life, because my own flesh keeps rearing its ugly head up, but for every one of us. It's not about us. It's about the glory, about the grace, majesty of who God is. 
So do you kind of see the idea of what this sky view is? Again, just kind of looking at that. So we kind of look, the sky view version of verses 1 through 10 can kind of be boiled down to this. You are dead in trespasses and sin. But God, because of His great love, made us alive together and seated us in the heavenly places with Christ that He might show us the riches of His grace in His kindness. It's by grace, through faith, the gift and the plan of God. Love it, that's the highlights of what we're going to be getting into. The scene is this, we were a mess, but God, but God. And through His grace, not our works, not our abilities, He's now seated us with Christ. Now, at this point in time, our gondola kind of shifts. We go through one of those support bars. We kind of shift a little bit. We make a couple of a degrees turn, but we're going to see some familiar territory. We're still moving forward. We now get into the second section. Let's look now at verses 11 through 18. Some of you are saying, Pastor David's never covered this much territory in his life on one message. Um, we're going to come back. I'll, I'll make up for it, okay? Verse 11, read with me or follow along. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity. That's the, that's the conflict. That's the battle. That's, that's again the reason why we couldn't come together, but we'll look at that later. Having abolished in His flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to you who were afar off and those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. From our sky view... Now we're going to look at the main points of verses 11 through 18. The first point is this. Here in verse 11 and 12, he reminds us of our past condition, similar to what we saw in chapter 1. In verse 11 and 12, he says in verse 11, Remember, you were Gentiles. And for a Jew, a Gentile is out of the picture, okay? Do you understand that in the concept and in the mind? Because he goes on to say in verse 12, he says, At that time you were without Christ. You were alienated from Israel and the promises. He goes on to say, Having no hope and you were without God in the world. That's a desperate situation. And that's where we were. Again, Paul drives home that situation. Just as he said we were dead in our trespasses and sin, now he says you were without Christ. You were alienated from the things of God without hope. And without God. 
However, in the midst of this desperate situation, God, once again, we're going to read, God provides this vehicle for our transition from being dead in our trespass and sin to being alive, from being without Christ, to having Christ, from being without God and hopeless in this world, to having hope and being a part of God's kingdom. Verse 13 through 15 shows us that vehicle and the purpose of that transition. The vehicle we find in verse 13, but now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is the vehicle of our transition. We cannot come any other way than through the blood of Christ. There's no works, there's no goodness, there's nothing else we can do. It is the blood of Christ who is the vehicle. And the purpose of that transition is found in verse 15. And beloved, it's not the purpose of the transition is not so I can have a happy life. I want you to understand that. I believe there's great joy. It got really silent there for a second. It's kind of like, it's not. I'm I'm sorry to disrupt your day. But the purpose is not for a happy life for you. Now, in Christ, there is great joy. There's no doubt about that. And there's great times of, of even happiness. But the great purpose is found in verse 15. To create in himself... One new man, and from the two, making peace. Again, who's it about? Is it about me? No, it's all about him. Let's come to the third portion of this second grouping. In verses 16 through 18, we once again see the result of the transition, and now our current condition, okay? Not what we were, but what we are now. In verse 16, we find the result is is that he is reconciling both to God through the cross, putting to death the enmity. And that brings us to our current condition found in verse 18. He says, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Reconciliation is the result. We're reconciled to God. And by the Spirit, now we have access to the Father. That's our condition. What a blessing that is. So again, the the highlights of verses 11 through 18 could be placed this way. Remember that you were Gentiles. You were without Christ. You were alienated from Israel and the promises. You had no hope and you were without God in the world. But now, having been brought near by the blood of Christ, creating in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, reconciling both to God through the cross, putting to death the enmity. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Beloved, we moved from being alienated, not only from everything that dealt with God, but from God himself, to now having full access to the Father. That's the work of the cross. That's the work of the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. Now we move to the next point of our transition on our gondola into the third section of Scripture, section verses 19 through 22. It's the final part of our journey, at least in in chapter 2, but take a look at it as we read through. Verse 19. Now, now, therefore, 
because of all that's going on. Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer Gentiles is what he's saying. You're, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So now we look at the highlights, and the first one we see is our new position again in verse 19. We're no longer strangers. We're fellow citizens now with the saints, members of the household of God. Again, from being alienated, now we're part of the household of God. Then in verse 20, we see the next point. And the next point is the foundation of that new position. The foundation says in verse 20, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good foundation. That sounds like the best foundation we can have. I've worked in construction most of my life, and you look, and one of the things, man, if they don't get the foundation right, it doesn't matter what else you build. It's all going to crumble. That's why Jesus says, if you build your house on the sand, what's going to happen? Hey, I got this beautiful house by the sand. What's going to happen, man? The rain's going to come. Boom, it's gone. But if you build your house on the rock, the foundation, as he says, the foundation of the teachings and the proclamations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the very chief cornerstone, beloved, that's a house that's going to stand every storm that comes. He says, the last portion of this last section, the reason, again, or the purpose of our now position, of our current position. Why are we now in that position? Verse 21 and 22 tells us that the whole building grows into a holy temple. All joined together, we grow into this holy temple. Verse 22, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. It's for God's blessing. It's for God's benefit that He's called us together, formed us together, founded us, and continues to grow us together. So again, the flyover version of verses 19 through 22 would be this. You're fellow citizens now with the saints. You're members of the household of God. You're now built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. And this whole building grows together as a holy temple for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. What a great place that is for you and I to be. The purpose of our being drawn to Christ and established through the foundation of those apostles and prophets is that we would become the very dwelling place of God in the Spirit. My desire for you this morning is, first of all, I want you to have that clear understanding of what the Lord has done in your personal life and your current position in Christ as a believer in Jesus Christ. Fact is, is we were a mess. Your dear, sweet Aunt Susie, who never seemed to do a single thing wrong, she is a mess outside of Christ. 
We were a mess, but God, and through His grace, not our works, He's now seated us with Christ in the heavenlies. We were dead. We were made alive by grace through faith in Christ as a gift of God in all according to His plan. We moved from being alienated from God and all that represented God to being a part of that one new man, the very body of Christ, with full access now to the Father through the Spirit. And the purpose of our being drawn to Christ and established through the foundation of those apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone is that we are that dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Church, what a glorious position is ours. And how we need to continue to be reminded of that. But you remember, secondly, the other thing that I want you to know, and I need you to understand, is that this message isn't just for you. This is a message also for those who are lost and in desperate need for a Savior. We see in this passage, I believe, the fullness of the gospel message. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, man, it is the gospel message. We usually zero in on verses 8 and 9, but beloved, this whole thing is the gospel message. The simplicity of it. And though it's simple, it's not simplistic. There's so much more to it. And I believe personally that every believer, every one of you, needs a good, solid, working knowledge of the gospel message so that when you have opportunity, you can share the reality of your faith. You can share the reason for the hope that's within you. The problem is that there are so many believers that go year after year and they understand, well, I'm pretty sure I'm saved, but I can't tell you how to get saved. And beloved, that's a desperate situation for us. Every one of us as believers, we need to have a good, strong understanding of the gospel message. And that's why so many believers struggle so much in sharing their faith. They struggle because they're not sure how or what to share. And I know that some share what's called the Roman road. And there's various verses throughout the book of Romans that you can take someone through and you can, again, explain the gospel message. Others use little tracts like uh, four spiritual laws or a multitude of others that are produced uh, continually. And there's nothing wrong with those. They're not bad in and of themselves. But I want you, church, to catch this morning that the most dynamic way of being able to share is just what we've looked at. It's as clear a picture of the gospel, I believe, that you'll find anywhere within the Scripture. And it's all here in, in one nice, neat little package of chapter 2. He explains to us, he confirms to us in a multiple of ways, the condition mankind is in without Christ. He explains to us the process or that work of God's grace toward man through Faith in Christ. And then he also tells us the final position of every believer before God because of Christ. Where I was, how to get there, and where I can be. And beloved, that's the simplicity of the gospel, the depth of the gospel. It's a beautiful declaration. Become familiar with it. Take time. Challenge yourself to study the Word, to show yourself approved as a workman of God. 
And I know this morning it's only been a sky view of chapter 2. But don't worry, we've got a multi-day pass, okay? We're going to be able to come back in. This time we're going to get down out of the gondola. We're going to hit it at ground level. We'll be able to dig deep into the depth of the gospel message in all of its richness, all that Paul is giving to us. But for now, with a basic understanding, and hopefully you've gleaned from this, we have Paul's direction. We have Paul's message. We'll be able to drop down, observe it, and hopefully, personally, you'll be able to enjoy the richness of all that the Holy Spirit has for us in this passage. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue verse by verse through the book of Ephesians next time. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on The Open Word, subscribe to our Twitter feed at The Open Word Radio. You can subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. And to become our Facebook friend, follow the Open Word Twitter feed, or to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study of Pastor David's teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on The Open Word.